Today's second reading is my favorite reading in the entire Bible. It is Philippians chapter 2. St. Paul is writing about how God came to us in Christ. He humbled himself even to the point of death. For this reason, every knee shall bend before him and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is um, just a beautiful, it actually is, probably was a hymn in the early church, but just a beautiful um, song or, or writing at least to Christ and glorifying him, praising him as Lord. It's, um, there's just a lot packed into this. I would encourage you to look back at this reading sometime today and just, you know, pray with it. And, and you know, Lord, help me to love you like this, this, this desire to serve you and have you as Lord. What I want to focus on today is the idea of kneeling before him, that every knee shall bend before him. I want to begin by drawing attention to the Feast of the Archangels, which is coming up in just two days. On September 29th, we honor the Archangels Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. In particular, I want to focus on St. Michael. His identity is that he humbles himself before God in obedient love. And through that obedient love, he defends heaven and earth against the attacks of Satan and his demons. Scripture tells us that after God created the angels, which he created all of them good, some of them fell. They turned against God. And then Scripture says war broke out in heaven. And Michael and his angels battled against Satan and the fallen angels. And Michael was victorious by the power of God. And he cast Satan and his demons out of heaven and into hell. Why did Satan fall? The answer is because he refused to kneel before God. Satan was first known as Lucifer, which we know as kind of like a negative name now, but it actually means the light bearer. He was the light bearer of God. He was a great and wonderful angel. But he did not want to kneel before God. He wanted to be like God. And so he turned against God and refused to kneel. Michael, on the other hand, humbling himself before God, wanted to adore and worship God and kneel before him. Michael's name actually means, who is like God? Question mark. In other words, there is no one like God. Only God is God. And so Michael is the one who adores and worships God rightly. He humbles himself. Satan does not humble himself. He refuses to worship. He refuses to submit to God. This is the difference between those who are faithful to God and those who are unfaithful. Will we kneel before him? Will we bend our knee at the name of Jesus and worship him or not? So we delight to bend our knees before the Lord, and especially when we come to church, uh, bending the knee is is an important part of the Mass. We need the help of St. Michael, though, to stay strong in our faith. We are in a spiritual battle in our world, And for that, we must use spiritual weapons, most especially prayer, the sacraments, and fasting. And the more that we call upon the angels and saints to defend us, the more that they will help us and protect us in the spiritual battle. St. Paul puts it this way, We fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the world of this darkness, against the spirits of wickedness. You probably know the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel, and I would encourage you to say that daily as an individual and or as a family. 
It's worth noting the history of this prayer. The prayer was written by Pope Leo XIII a little over a hundred years ago. The story goes that one day after celebrating Mass in his private chapel in the Vatican, the Pope had a vision or heard a voice of God speaking with Satan. And that Satan said to God that he could destroy the church. And this so troubled the Pope, it was so real and powerful, this, this experience he had, that he composed the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel as a response to it. And he actually asked the entire church to start saying this prayer. And so for, for many, many years, the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel was said by, by, um, in parishes around the world after every low mass. Uh, and so it was, it was mandated, in fact, that they had to say this prayer. This tradition of saying the St. Michael prayer at the end of mass fell out of use after Vatican II. But there's many priests who are bringing back this prayer again to being said at the end of every Mass. And so I'm excited to announce to you all that Father Powers and I have talked about it and we've decided that we would like to bring back this tradition of saying the St. Michael prayer at the end of Masses, both here at St. Nick's and at Immaculate Conception. So going forward every weekend and weekday Mass, after the final blessing, we will kneel down briefly and say the St. Michael prayer before the conclusion or before the final hymn. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer regularly. Um, It's printed in the bulletin if you do not yet have it memorized. And so St. Michael teaches us to remain humble and to kneel at the name of Jesus and to call upon the help of the saints and angels. Kneeling is a very important part of our lives as Catholics. And it's an important part of the liturgy. You'll know that during the, the Mass itself, and even coming in and out of church, we kneel, or we genuflect at least. And it's an important thing that we do to show adoration before the Lord. Although we currently kneel several times during Mass, there's one time when Catholics always used to kneel during Mass that's actually fallen out of practice. And I want to say a few words about that. Namely, receiving communion kneeling. Until the 1960s and 70s, Catholics always knelt to receive communion. Every church until the 1960s was built with a communion rail. And in fact, St. Nick's was built with a communion rail as well. Some, many people think that after Vatican II, parishes were supposed to remove the communion rails. Um, that's actually not true. It's a misunderstanding. Nobody ever said that we had to remove communion rails. It just kind of became the trend that they just started to get taken out of churches. But nobody ever had to do that. In fact, what many people also don't know is that the church... In, in church law, it clearly states that those receiving communion still have the freedom to receive the Eucharist either standing or kneeling as they choose. That being said, it is a little difficult and clumsy to try and, you know, have everybody come up and like kneel down in the middle of the aisle as we're, you know, doing a communion line. So let me just say a couple of things. First, I would encourage that for now, that as the norm is in the United States and in this parish, I would encourage that the norm would continue that we receive communion standing, because that that is the norm. However, for those who do desire to kneel, because church law clearly allows that, I would ask that you would simply go down on one knee rather than on two knees, just to make it a little simpler to, to go down quickly and come back up quickly in that moment. And it's not as distracting then to others if you can, can do it very quickly and, and kind of simply in that moment. Secondly, I'd like to propose that we would consider as a parish the idea of reinstalling the communion rail, 
back in the front of church to facilitate those who wish to kneel to make it much easier to get down and get back up again. I thought it was appropriate to begin this conversation today as we heard today's second reading about kneeling at the name of Jesus. And so if it's appropriate to kneel at the consecration when Jesus becomes present, how much more appropriate is it to kneel when we actually receive Jesus into our very bodies? Now, I'm not proposing that we would make it mandatory for everybody. I know some people have expressed a concern that they can't kneel or maybe they would prefer not to. And I don't intend to impose that. I would like it to make it as an option for those who wish to. So I'd like to begin this conversation. We, we found uh, pieces of the communion rail. You're welcome to come up and take a look at it after Mass. It's very beautiful. Um, we don't know where the rest of it is. So if you know, or if you know where it might be hiding, uh, I'd love to hear from you. And I would encourage you to, to just maybe start talking about this with your friends and, and with the parish. And uh, get, I'd like to get your feedback on considering if we could one day bring back the communion rail here at the parish. Kneeling has great symbolism. It's very important to understand what it means and why we do it. One of my heroes, Cardinal Ratzinger, who became Pope Benedict XVI, he wrote a magnificent book called The Spirit of the Liturgy. And in this book, he taught about what the liturgy is and how we celebrate it well, how we worship God. And one of the things he writes about in this book is the symbolism of kneeling. He has a whole section just devoted to kneeling. He points out that we worship God both in our souls and in our bodies. The love and worship we give God in our hearts and in our souls is manifested by what we do in our bodies. And so while we worship God in our hearts, we show that by kneeling and by, even by standing for the gospel and, and the different postures we use during Mass, they're to show different sh- forms of reverence throughout the Mass especially when we kneel at significant moments. Kneeling signifies worship and adoration. It's the reason that when we come into church, we genuflect as kind of a simple kneeling. And the reason when we leave church again, you could say coming in and greeting the Lord and saying goodbye, we genuflect before him. It's the reason we kneel during the consecration. It's the reason we kneel again after the Lamb of God just before we receive communion. And it's the reason that for more than a thousand years, Catholics would kneel to receive communion itself. Let me quote from the Spirit of the Liturgy book. Cardinal Ratzinger writes this, Without the worship, the bodily gesture of kneeling would be meaningless, while the spiritual act must of its very nature express itself in the bodily gesture. These two aspects are united in the word kneeling, Because in a very profound way, they belong together. When kneeling becomes merely external, a merely physical act, it becomes meaningless. On the other hand, when someone tries to take worship back into the purely spiritual realm and refuses to give it embodied form, the act of worship evaporates. For what is purely spiritual is inappropriate to the nature of man. Worship is one of those fundamental acts that affects the whole of man. That is why bending the knee before the presence of the living God is something we cannot abandon. I think that's just so well put and just recognizing we're a body and soul both in all of our life and including during the Mass when we worship God. 
Cardinal Ratzinger then goes on and he quotes from today's second reading. He says, For me, the most important passage for theology of kneeling will always be the great hymn of Christ in Philippians chapter 2, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend before him. And then very interesting, this really struck me, Cardinal Ratzinger makes a connection then between kneeling and Satan. And I wasn't even expecting this until I reread this section of the book just a couple of days ago as I was preparing my homily. I already knew I was going to talk about kneeling and talk about St. Michael, but I didn't expect Cardinal Ratzinger to talk about kneeling versus Satan. He says this, There is a story from the Desert Fathers according to which the devil was compelled by God to show himself to a certain Abba Apollo, a certain holy man. He looked black and ugly with frighteningly thin limbs, but most strikingly, he had no knees. The inability to kneel is seen as the very essence of the diabolical. Whoa. Like that totally struck me. The devil has no knees because he refuses to kneel to anyone. He refuses to kneel before Almighty God. Unlike Michael, who wants to worship God, who wants to be faithful, and who does, in fact, kneel before him, and he teaches us to kneel before God. And again, as St. Paul says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend. And so let's be proud of the fact that when we come to Mass, we, in fact, get to kneel before Almighty God. We show our love for him, both in our, our hearts and our souls and in the way we worship with our bodies. And let's call upon St. Michael and ask him to defend us daily in the spiritual battle.